What can be done with a broken heart? Physically, you can do open-heart surgery, but stitches won't work on an emotionally broken heart. How do we deal with the cracks and broken pieces? Who can we turn to when our heart is broken like a cup or a plate? Who can mend the pieces? God is the master potter, and he has ways to deal with these challenges. Give a listen. I had just finished having dinner with a very good friend of mine and was handing her the salad bowl, a very expensive salad bowl. I thought she had a hold of it, and I let go. I watched it as it fell to the floor. It's amazing how many pieces a salad bowl can break into when it's only dropped from about three feet in the air. Not only did the salad bowl shatter, but I think my friend's heart also cracked a bit. It was fine ceramics, not the cheap stuff. It was irreplaceable, and there was no gluing this thing back together. In our lives, there are times when we have been dropped, and our hearts and minds lay shattered on the ground. The brighter side of the story is we have a helper in this situation. In Isaiah 64, 8, it says, But now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. He made us in the first place, and he's not done working on us. Should we have cracks or breaks, he is able to repair them. In Japan, there is a tradition of repairing pottery with lacquer and gold dust. It is called kintsuji. They don't hide the break, but treat it as a part of the history of the item. This repair style relates to other elements of Japanese tradition and culture. There is a desire not to waste things and also to free one's mind from attachments and accept change. My poem today was inspired by this style of repair. The title of today's poem is In Our Pieces. He sees the pieces lying in the dirt scattered all about. He looks upon them with joy without a single doubt that the pieces he can mend together with gold as the grout, yet the pieces will be ever stronger and stout, and through them his true treasure will shine out. For in our frail earthen vessels his power and glory resides, but in his word and spirit we must constantly abide, and by them he our vision opens and guides to see the beauty and the treasure that this world hides. His word empowers us to move forward and make great strides. Though his completed work in our lives is not yet done, we must step out in our pieces knowing we have won, that our victory is not through us but by God's Son, for he will work upon our pieces, polishing every one, that his glory seen by all through us will truly stun. There's no one that has been on this planet for any length of time that does not have the scars of life. Even Jesus had to endure suffering and loss. The challenge is to face the broken elements of our lives, our pieces, knowing that God is busy finishing the work he has begun in us. The Word tells us this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. 
being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We are all in the process of being renewed. It is a journey. In Ephesians, it says that we are his workmanship, literally his masterpiece. That's how he sees us. He knew there would be, shall I say, challenges in our lives before even our great-great-great-great-grandfather Adam received the breath of life. God sent Jesus to be our Redeemer and Savior. The blood of Christ has brought us into the presence of the Father again. He rejoices to be a part of our lives. When we are broken, he does not shun us, but reaches out to help us be healed. Lately, I've come to love a section of Matthew chapter 11. It gives me hope and comfort in the challenges I face. We can see the love of the Father manifest through Jesus. In verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I have been laboring against challenges all my life, and I have overcome many of them by faith in the promises of God. I still have a few I'm dealing with, and I have learned recently that that labor and those burdens should be placed at the feet of Jesus. You are not alone in your walk. You can be yoked with Jesus who can help you pull the weight that is upon you. And you have a father to whom you were reconciled by the blood of Jesus, and that father ripped the veil of the temple in two so we all could once again come into his presence. We are to come boldly to the throne of grace, yes, throne of grace, to obtain mercy and find grace, yes, grace again, to help in time of need. The sign outside the throne room does not say, Sinners stay out. I was once in India and passed by a temple that had a sign saying, If you had had alcohol or eaten meat, you were not allowed inside. Our God is quite different. First of all, He is our Father, and He's inclusive, not exclusive. He is not shunning us. Another example where we see the love of the Father manifest in Christ is in John chapter 8. It deals with a woman caught in adultery. We pick it up in verse 2. And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stone, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. 
And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. This woman caught in the act of adultery. She is completely guilty. Her heart is full of shame and fear. Some questions arise about her situation. Is she a wife or a harlot? Also, her partner isn't present. Did he betray her or perhaps her husband? She's facing being stoned to death. Her heart is more than shattered. And the Pharisees don't care a bit about her. They simply want to ruin Jesus. Jesus cares about none of those things concerning her, and he ignores the Pharisees. Then his famous one-liner, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. The Pharisees all slink away. She's left standing alone before him. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So worth repeating. Forgiveness is a gift to us from Jesus. He took the consequences of our sin upon him in his death. Through our identification with him, we receive the cleansing power of his blood that washes away all unrighteousness. It washes away all shame and guilt and condemnation. We are left standing in his presence. Like this woman whose life was broken and seemingly at the point of coming to an end, we also have a Savior whose name is Jesus. The greatest step forward we can take with many of our broken pieces is to forgive those who caused the break in the first place. In some instances, we may not be able to reconcile with them, but we can forgive them for their actions. This releases us to move forward. At times, we labor wanting revenge for the hurts in our lives. We are heavy laden with unforgiveness towards our enemies and abusers, but we must come to Jesus and leave those things at his feet, and in him we will find rest. As we yoke together with him, we find the strength to move forward and continue to live knowing the pain of the breaks will mend and each scar will become a testimony of his saving power. There's an old saying about repairing things that they're held together by duct tape and bailing wire and sometimes chewing gum. But it is the love of God and the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God that mends our broken pieces. We need to learn that even in our brokenness, there is hope. It is a challenge to move forward when we feel guilt or shame or condemnation, but the truth of the matter is that in Christ there is none of that. We are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We all have the scars of being broken, but we don't have to live with their pain any longer. And as we tell our story of deliverance and being mended, The glory of God will be shown in our lives and in our pieces.
The literal meaning of the word salvation is wholeness. Jesus has brought us wholeness and continues to do so every time we call upon him. It is without a doubt a fact that we all have scars, but again, they don't have to dominate us. When we realize that we can live beyond our past and its problems, and that having had a name of shame no longer has to have any authority to define us. Our scars, our pieces, do not define us. But with the power of God, they can refine us. As we look to God in our challenges, we can become victorious and overcome. He has glued us back together and once again shows us as his masterpiece, as his beloved children in whom he is well pleased.